and there of verse 6 well do we have to start all but verse 7 but the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit withal for to one is given by the spirit the word of wisdom to another the word of knowledge by the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another the gifts of healing say gifts of healing by the same spirit to another the working of miracles say working of miracles to another prophecy to another discerning of spirits say discerning of spirits and to another divers kinds of tongues to another interpretation of tongues so uh, uh Hallelujah. They're right there, the uh, verse 9, faith by the same spirit, gifts of healing, working of miracles, and discerning of spirits. Uh, actually, those first three that we just said, faith, gifts of healing, and working of miracles are what we call the power gifts. Hallelujah. I mean, man has labeled them the power gifts and uh, discerning of spirits. And I just want us to spend a few minutes tonight and us for, to pray that there would be an increase in the body of Christ in the church of these power gifts and of discerning of spirits, okay? And then I'll tell you more about that later. But uh, I know Brother Hagen in the early 1940s uh, was praying every day, setting aside some time to pray for the gifts of the Spirit to be in a greater, these power gifts to be in a greater manifestation in the church and he was setting some time aside going over to his church he lived by the church and he was praying for these things and God spoke to him and said at the end of World War II will come a healing revival and so that sure enough in 1948 healing revival began and uh, and these gifts were in big big manifestation through 1959 and uh, uh, and, and and they didn't go away but we 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 need to pray that they would be in greater manifestation in our day amen so let's stand up tonight we're going to spend a few minutes praying uh, hallelujah praying and this is what we're praying for praise God so we'll we'll just voice that out in English and then we'll pray for it in uh, by the spirit because we don't know how to pray as we ought completely but we'll go as far as we know in English so father we come to now and lift up our voices in one accord in united prayer and Lord we ask you for the gifts of the spirit all of the gifts of the spirit we esteem them highly and we know as a church as the body of Christ we need these gifts in greater in manifestation and we pray especially for these power gifts to be uh, to be widespread throughout the body of Christ in Jesus name the gift of special faith the gifts of healing the working of miracles and father the discerning of spirits father I praise you and thank you that these are these are given to your people and Lord the manifestations of them will increase father that we do the work in us Lord you're not withholding but do the work in us that will cause these gifts to come into a greater manifestation and we ask these things in Jesus name oh Ina 
Tako Boho Sha, Ina Matako Boho Se, Ila Taka Brata Kobobo Boho She, Akabaha Sa, Cabrata Kobobo Boho She, Ola Taka Brata Kose, Te Kebrete, Kebasha, Inana, Nolete, Kebrete, Kebrata Koho She, Ikabaha Sa, Kumonte, Kelete, Araboho, Te Kebrete, Kizakaba, E Kebrete, Kebrete, Kebrata Koho Sha, Ina Mahasha, Cabrata Kobobo Boho Se, Ila Takabra, Brate Kito Kato Kato Kato, Baba Babahasa, Eble Te Kebrato Kahasha, Ete Kebrete, Mika Bota Kati Kila Toka Takabra, Boba Boho Se, Kebra, Bubobo Boho Se, Ila Takabrata Koho Se, Ana Mohosa, Cabo Sete, Ota, Ha Ha Ha, Arabo, Te Kebrete, 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 Mona Mahasha. Miracles, 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 healing, healing, healing. Ola bahashada bohosa, o takabrata kohosa, kabote kebrete kebrete. Boldness in the body, boldness in the body of Christ, boldness and courage. O taka bahasham. Ana mohosha, e kebrete kebrete kebosha, o takabrata kabahasha, ida bahosa kabohoshe, o takamasi niki bohose, ete kebrata kohosha, o takabate kebrato kabobobobobobobohose, ila takabahosha kabrata kohose, ina mohosa kabrata kohoshe. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We thank you, Lord. We believe we received those things we prayed in the Spirit in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, you may be seated. Glory to God. Now, we've been uh, studying on Wednesday night over in the area of divine healing. Hallelujah. Praise God. I believe that this is your year of extreme health and renewed youth. In Jesus' name. Extreme health. Hallelujah. Praise God. This It's all over you. It's right. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And last week we talked about, or the last couple of weeks, we've talked about some miracles that Jesus did in the Bible. And we found out that there's 19 individual cases of healing in the uh, Gospels and that in those 19 cases of healing every time you either hear Jesus refer to their faith or you can see their faith or by something they said or did you know they were in faith. uh, Faith is always uh, needed for healing to manifest just like faith is always needed to get saved. Amen? And that's what causes God to be no respecter of persons. As it says in uh, four or five times in the Bible that uh, God is no respecter of persons. He's not up in heaven playing a bingo game and your number came up and you're the one he chose that night to get healed but he leaves somebody over here. So it's all a matter of our faith and we need adjustments in our faith. We have plenty of faith but we need adjustments in our faith sometimes. We can be just looking at the mountain just a little wrong. You know what? Just our perspective can be wrong. You know, uh, just... uh, uh, looking at it in the natural instead of the spiritual and we, we'll talk more about some of those things but in the 19 cases of healing in the gospels 
Every principle that we need in order to be healed, every faith principle is in those. Every principle concerning healing that we need to know is in those. Now, Jesus healed many, 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 many more people. But, only, but he only recorded 19 because he only needed 19 to get his point across. Amen. To get, to get you the information you needed so that you can walk in divine health. Amen. And I don't know about you, but I hadn't arrived, but I've left. And I am, I'm, I tell you, I'm walking in more divine health than I was. Hallelujah. And ever, it's, getting, it, it's getting better. Hallelujah. Say, I'm winning. I'm winning. Hallelujah. You are. You are winning. I guarantee you that even if it doesn't feel like you're winning, you're winning. You are acting on the Word of God. Your eyes of your understanding are being enlightened that you might know what He's provided for you and given to you. And so you are winning. Amen. And sometimes healings are progressive. Sometimes they're instant. Jesus. They, sometimes we have the mistaken belief that Jesus healed everybody instantly, but He didn't. They, but, but the moment that your faith makes contact with heaven, hallelujah, it's never God saying, wait, I'm going to, you know, I'm working on something, you know. In the area of healing, in the area of anything that's in your redemption, God's not telling you to wait. Now, sometimes when you're praying for relationships and stuff that involve other people, but your healing doesn't involve anybody but you. Amen? Neither does your salvation. And today is the day of salvation, and today is the day of healing. Amen? And so, hallelujah. But, uh, you know, we got a little thing up here between our ears. Sometimes it'll get in our way. Amen. And I know mine's gotten in my way plenty. Hallelujah. But we're renewing our minds. Amen. And hallelujah. So we're, uh, praise God. And so, uh, if you need healing, go after the answer. Go after the answer. Not go after the healing so much because that's yours. It's provided. It's done. But go after and say, Lord, you know, perfect that which concerns me. Show me how I need to think. And, you know, he'll begin to perfect things about the way you think. Amen. And I trust he's going to do that tonight even as we study uh, the Word of God. Now, in Luke 5, 17, where we were last week, we're not going to be there again, but I did want to say something that I just didn't get around to saying last week, but I think it's really important. And uh, remember... Um, uh, that where a, this is where the man, they brought the man down through, the, took the tile off the roof. Remember, we talked about him extensively. But in verse 17, it says, It came to pass on a certain day, as he was teaching, Jesus was teaching, that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. You know, um, I wanted to point out because it nearly, the way the King James says that, it nearly makes us think that sometimes the power of the Lord is present to heal, but sometimes it's not. But I want to tell you, when the Word is being taught, the power of the Lord is present to heal. Especially when the gospel, the true gospel is being taught. You know, I know there's people teaching strange things out there, and I'm not saying the power of, in every church service where there's a Reader's Digest, or an internet sermon that the power of the Lord is present to heal. Hallelujah. But, the, but when the Word is being taught, because it says Jesus was teaching. When the Word's being taught, the power of the Lord is always present to heal. And I want to tell you something. It's not just present to heal some. It's always there present to heal all. Amen. 
It's always there present to heal all. It's not, well, it was there present for Nigel, but it wasn't present for me that. No, it's always there present to heal all. Amen? And uh, the power to heal is connected to the Word of God. Amen? And so that's why it's important to get under the Word. Praise God. Get under the Word and get where it's being taught. Get where healing's being taught. Going to have a hard time getting healed if, if, if you're hearing healing passed away. Amen. Or now God is, he uses doctors. I want to tell you something. No, God does not use doctors. God don't need doctors, folks. Think about it. We're talking about Almighty God. Absolute life. 100% life. He don't need doctors. We use doctors. And it's not that, I'm not saying it's wrong to, but it's not God that needs doctors, it's us. Why? Because that little thing that might be, you know, we studied it last week. He said, Paul said, I came to perfect that which was lacking in your faith, or adjust your faith, we talked about. I came to adjust your faith. Well, because our faith is not fully adjusted, we've not come to the, what does Ephesians say? To the fullness of the stature of Christ in the sense of our soul and our mind and will and emotions. Hallelujah. Because of that, we need doctors. And praise God, they've kept us alive. When we didn't know how to tap into Jesus, Hallelujah. But less and less do I need a doctor. And, and you're the same with you. You don't need one as much as you used to. Because Christ the great physician is enough. And that's all God ever, that's all God ever intended to use. That's all. And did you know that uh, Exodus 15, 26, remember we've been reading that scripture a lot where it says, uh, where it actually says where he reveals, for I am the Lord that healeth you. I am the Lord thy physician. It says in the, and, and, and at that point, he revealed his covenant to Israel of healing. And, 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 and within his covenant of healing to Israel, he kept them completely healthy for 450 years with nothing else needed but that covenant of healing. And if, if you look, if you study, now somebody else studied this out, I didn't. But at the end of that 450 years, there, it says their army was like a 1,500,000 and, and, 500, and, and 500, 500,000 foot soldiers. Anyway, from the size of the army, they have estimated if the army was that big, then Israel's population was between 25 and 30 million. And he had, and the Bible says, David said in the Psalms that there was not one feeble person among their tribes. But the covenant of healing in Exodus 15, 26, he kept them completely healthy with not one feeble person for 450 years. Amen. He doesn't need anything. He doesn't need medicine. He doesn't need a vitamin. Hallelujah. Now, and we're not preaching against those things. Uh, we're not saying that. I take a vitamin. But I mean, we're not saying that's wrong. We're just saying it's not God that needs it. Amen? He's got everything he needs all in that Zoe life. That Aeonius Zoe. Amen? Glory to God. So, <clears throat> praise God. Now let's talk about something else for a few minutes. In the Gospels, when Jesus ministered to people, Jesus did not minister as the Son of God. He ministered as an old covenant prophet, actually under the Abrahamic covenant. 
He ministered under the Abrahamic covenant as a prophet. You need to take note when you're reading your Bible when it says Son of God and it says Son of Man. When it says Son of God, it's talking about the divine man, Jesus. You see, I mean, I know you thought the, the readers were just, you know, throwing in some different names so it doesn't get boring. No, it's all very important. When, it, when, the, when, the, when the text says Son of God, it's talking about the divine man, Jesus, the divine Son of God, which he was. But when it says Son of Man, it's talking about the human Jesus that walked the earth. Hallelujah. Praise God. Are y'all with me there? Uh, turn over to Philippians 2, verse 6. Now, you know, if these kind of things are going to help you in understanding healing and help us also uh, because we're believing to be healing ministers. Amen. And to minister to other people. And if Jesus healed as the Son of God, then nobody else can ever do that again. As the divine Son of God. In other words, he was 100% divinity. If he ministered like that, we can't. But if he ministered as the Son of Man, we can do what he did. Amen. Uh, and, we are, and we can. Uh, in Philippians 2.6, it says... Uh, who being in the form of God, talking about Jesus, well, first start at verse 5. Let this mind be in, in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto the death, even the death of the cross. So let's read this in the Amplified now who although being essentially one with God and in the form of God, possessing the fullness of the attributes which make God God, did not think this equality with God was a thing to be eagerly grasped or retained, but stripped himself of all privileges and rightful dignity, so as to assume the guise of a servant slave, in that he became like men and was born a human being. The Bible says he stripped himself of his divinity and he came to earth. Ben Campbell Johnson version says, Christ's relation to God provides you both the model and the motivation for relating to other persons. Though Christ was equal to God, he did not cling to his prerogative. Rather, he divested himself of his divine powers and became a human being, a servant without credentials. Amen? So Jesus ministered as a prophet. He ministered as an anointed one. Over in Luke chapter 4, verse 23. Luke 4.23. Now, hallelujah. Jesus did not do any miracles. You could read in the Apocrypha, which is in some Bibles, and it will say, well, when Jesus was a little boy, he healed a little bird. Well, no, he didn't. We know that's not true because it says there, when it talks about the wedding at Cana, it says this, this beginning of miracles. And that, that when he turned that water into wine in Cana, that was his first miracle. Amen. And he didn't work any miracles or do any mighty works. He did not minister until he was 30 years old. The reason he didn't do that, because that was the law of Moses. You did not minister until you were 30 years old under the law of Moses. And so he's a Jew. He's a good Jew. Hallelujah. So he didn't minister until he was 30 years old. Hallelujah. Now, when he was 30 years old, he went down and was baptized. 
in the River Jordan by John the Baptist. And the, the Holy Ghost, he was baptized in the Holy Ghost. And that's when he was anointed. And he, then it says in Luke 4, 18, Jesus comes into the temple one day and he opens the book and he starts saying this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel. Say anointed. To preach the gospel to the poor, he hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. God, he, was, he said, I'm anointed. He got anointed when he got baptized in the Holy Ghost, and he said, I'm anointed. In uh, Acts chapter 10, verse 38, a familiar verse to us. Turn over there. Hallelujah. I know I read this one as one of my healing scriptures. Uh, and read it often hallelujah <laughs> mark it in your Bible too and you know say this about yourself how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him how God anointed Jesus now let me tell you if, God, if Jesus had come and was ministering as God God doesn't need to anoint God Hallelujah. If he had come as God, which he was, he left heaven and he was God. Hallelujah. And if he had come and he had ministered as God, he wouldn't need it anointed. But he had stripped himself of that and just came as a normal man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just came as a man, stripped himself of his divinity. Thank you, Jesus. Now, he didn't have a sin nature. He was born of a virgin. He had no sin nature. He had no... Hallelujah. You see, so he was different in that sense than these other men. But he had to be anointed by the Holy Ghost. Amen. So he ministered by an anointing. So every, that's why John could say, uh, right, that, and quote Jesus is saying, the works that I do will you do also. And greater works than these. Hallelujah. That's why. Hallelujah. That's why we can do the works of Jesus. Amen. Say, I can do the works of Jesus. Say, God has anointed me with the Holy Ghost and with power. I go about doing good and healing all that are oppressed of the devil. For God is with me. Amen. Hallelujah. Now just, you know, hallelujah, praise God. You start believing that. If you don't believe you're anointed, you're going to have a hard time getting the anointing to flow if you don't believe you're anointed. If you believe you've got Zoe life in you and you've got that in you and that it's a transmittable anointing and it's transmitted by the law of contact and transmission, Jesus laid hands on people and, and transmitted that, ten, that, that anointing. Amen. And we can lay hands on people and transmit, hallelujah, that Zoe life. But folks, we got to stir it. we got to stir it up. It can lay in there dormant. You know, you'd hate to get to heaven and God to say, you come before Jesus and Jesus to say, well, you know, you could have... Uh, uh, you could have made... You could have laid hands on cripples. You could have. You could have. You could have. You could have. And you know, oh, no, I couldn't have. Well, yeah, there, that power. See, see, that power was right in there in you all the time. But you never stirred it up. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. The, the, the Word stirs it up. Praying in tongues stirs it up. Praise God. Confessing stirs it up. Act, boldly acting stirs up the anointing. 
Hallelujah. Praise God. And you know, we've got to be not ashamed to even say, I'm anointed. You know, we've been taught, we've been taught by good ministers, and, and bless our hearts, we all believed it, and, and we've all said it at times, we've all said, you know, it's not me, I'm just the jumper cables, you, have you ever heard that? <laughs> Hallelujah. It's not me, I don't have anything, I'm just the jumper cables. Well, and in one sense that is true, I mean, we don't have anything he didn't give us. Amen. But, but Paul, and that, you can't have that attitude that you're just nothing. And you don't have anything. You've got to be like Paul and, no, no, was it, who was it? Peter and John. When Peter and John went to the gate called Beautiful and they said, look at us. Look at me. Right. Amen. They said, man, we got something. We got something. We got something inside of us. Yes. Amen. We just hadn't believed it in the church. We hadn't known it. We hadn't believed it. We've been religiously brainwashed instead of spiritually taught. And we've been, oh, you know, God, Jesus was the Son of God. And He was. We're not taken away from that. But we've just said, well, you know. And we're just old sinners saved by grace. And just pray for us that we'll make it to the end. And we're just trying to make it to the end. <laughs> Hallelujah. I mean, have you, have you been in a church when that was the testimony service? Well, oh, just pray for me that I'll make it to the end. Well, you know, I, I want you to make it, and I want to make it too. And I confess, I'll run my course, finish my race. Amen? Amen. But we sure need to be focused on more than just making it at the end. We can, we can have more than that. Hallelujah. Well, okay. So Jesus uh, did not minister as God. Minister as God. Turn over to Matthew chapter 8. And let's look at another miracle. Now, you know, you, if you can't keep up with where all the miracles are in the Bible, remember these two chapters. Matthew chapter 8 has a bunch of them in it, and Mark chapter 5. If you can remember those two, you can, you can take somebody a long way. Two chapters, Matthew 8, Mark 5. Okay? Now, there's other places, but hallelujah. That's enough to get you by right there. Amen. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 8, verse 5. Because we've already looked at that miracle up in the first part. And it says, And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him, and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home, sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus saith unto him, I will come and heal him. And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me, and I say to this man, Go, and he goeth, and to another come, and he cometh, and to my servant do this, and he doeth it. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. Hallelujah. And then it says, And I say unto you that many shall come from the east and west. He kind of breaks this off here and starts teaching the Jews a little lesson here. But then down in verse 13 it says, And Jesus said unto the centurion, Go thy way. And as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And his servant was healed in the selfsame hour. Hallelujah. Now, uh, this is also found in Luke 7, 1 through 10. We could also look there. And this is the centurion's servant being healed. This was a young boy, probably. And it says servant, but probably a slave. In other words, this centurion probably owned this little, this, this young boy. Probably a teenage boy. Um, the Bible says he came. 
You know, we've been talking about coming is faith. It might not be complete faith. It might not be completely developed faith. But coming is faith. The Bible says they came to hear and be healed. And coming is faith. And so we see that, we see that faith there. This servant was very dear to him. In Luke chapter 7, verse, 10, verse 1 through 10, it says that this servant was dear to him. In the, sea, the Cotton Patch translation, it says he loved him very much. He loved, this, he loved this servant very much. A centurion, by the way, was, a, was a, like a, a, a captain. A captain over 100 soldiers. Centurion, century, 100. He was the captain over 100 soldiers. Okay, and he was for sure a very good man. In the other part, in Luke chapter 7, verse 1 through 10, it says that he, the, the Jews encouraged Jesus to heal this, little, this, this centurion servant because it says, because he's been good to us Jews. In fact, he's built us a synagogue. And so they were recommending that Jesus heal him. But I want to tell you, Jesus did not heal them, heal this centurion servant because he had been good to the Jews and was, uh, had built them a synagogue. Amen. That was not the reason that, that he got his servant uh, healed. But he was a good man. And, and so praise God for good men. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And I'll tell you something. Being a good man will not get you healed, but it will get God's attention. It will get God's attention. Remember in the book of Acts where God sends Peter to... Uh, who does he send him to? What's the night that guy's? Huh? Cornelius, thank you. God sends Peter to Cornelius. It says about Cornelius, it says, his prayers and his alms. He wasn't even, he wasn't a Jew. He wasn't born again because that wasn't, hadn't happened yet. The, new, the redemption hadn't been done. And he wasn't a Jew. He had no covenant, but it says his prayers and his alms came up as a memorial before God. When you, even when somebody's not born again, and they don't know how to pray, but if they pray, it'll get God's attention. And he'll start moving things toward them, trying to get them the information they need. And if they're givers, if they're good men, and they're giving and they're trying to help people, God's going to do everything in his power, I believe, to get things to them. I think we have that precedent there with Cornelius. God starts moving on their behalf to get a labor to cross their path to give them a plan of salvation because, you know, they're doing what they know to do even though they don't know enough. And that won't get them to heaven what they're doing, no matter how good they are. Okay, so we'll go on from there. But anyway, um, this young man could not come on his own. The Bible says he lieth at home. He lieth at home. And someone else's faith, this centurion's faith, was involved. Someone else's faith other than the one that was sick. Your faith can work for others in some cases. Now, folks, we can always pray for people. In, in the sense of praying for them in the spirit, in the sense of praying a labor across their path, in the sense of praying that God will open the eyes of their understanding and they will see what they've not seen before. We can always pray for people like that. But we can't, uh, we can't always use our faith for people to get healed. Amen? There are some conditions to that, but this man happened to have the right conditions. And so that's why it was 
find that the servant was laying at home and the condition that was right here was that this young man, this slave, was under his authority. He was under his authority. Now slavery is wrong. And if you and I were God, we'd say, well, bless God, I ain't going to heal him because that slavery stuff, that's wrong. And it is. It's horrible. It's abomination. He hates, God hates it. But God works through lines of authority. Even when things are not right, in, and this is something you've got to learn because if you don't learn this, it's going to mess you up. God always answers faith. And it don't matter if it's a little prostitute. He will answer their faith. If they get in faith, God always moves for faith. I don't care what. He, and that's why, you know, this centurion, slavery's wrong, but he's going to answer faith. Amen? And he, if there's no faith, Grandma can have served in the church for 499 years. She's just got to, you know, she just keeps it going. And man, but she's not in faith. Bless her heart, she won't get healed. And see, we go, no, I'd heal Grandma. Because, man, she's been faithful, God. And, oh, God, you know. And you know, she's Lord, she's a good woman. She's won souls. Oh, God, you know. It's because that's how we look at it. But God always goes the faith route. And so you get a little girl out by, she's got her Playboy bunny suit on. She comes in and she's like, bless God, I heard these healing people down here. And she comes in just like that. And we all swoon. Whew, this is bad. Oh, God, help us. Oh, you know. And I can see us now. I mean, I can see us now. I'd be, I'd be whew, whew, fanning. And, <laughs> and everybody in the church be looking over at me like, oh, what's Miss Debbie thinking? You know. And pastor would have his eyes lifted to heaven. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. But bless God, you know what had happened? I'm telling you for sure if she came in here and said, I heard people was coming getting healed and I come to get it. She'd get healed. She'd get healed. And boy, we'd have, we'd have uh, girls with modesty claws everywhere throwing them on her. <laughs> Hallelujah. We'd have her buried in modesty claws. But she'd be healed. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> the ushers would be taking their coats off and throwing them. Hallelujah. We'd have to, we'd have to get her healed from heat stroke. We'd have <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm getting hot just thinking about it. Woo. So it, uh, it, it's, it's, it's faith. God answers faith. Amen. And so this, this guy, he, you know, this isn't right. Slavery's not right. But God answers. Boy, he's in faith. Amen. He comes. The Bible says he, uh, um, hallelujah. So, so this was under his authority. Now, your children are under your authority. And there's not a set age. I can't tell you what the age is. But I will tell you this. If you have a child living at home, it's important they stay under your authority. And uh, <clears throat> under your authority means they need to be agreeing with you. You could have a five-year-old child that was rebellious. It's going to be hard for you to get them healed if they're rebellious. But if you've got an 18-year-old that's still living in your house and they're submitted to you, 
they're staying under your authority, you can use your faith for them. And so that's why, turn over to Ephesians. We'll learn a lot tonight. Ephesians chapter 6. And hold your hand there, we're going to come back. Ephesians chapter 6. You know, oh, you know, we can't let our kids be rebellious. We can't let them get a bad attitude. That's why, you know, we, you've got to keep the bad attitude off of them. And boy, is it thick out there. You know, if you want them to get a bad attitude, let them watch cartoons. Because aren't cartoons full of kids that sass their parents and smart mouth and, oh my word. That's why I just, I hated that, that little thing, even the name of it, Rugrats. I never watched it, but you can just tell that isn't going to be good. And uh, what was that? Uh, Beavis and Butthead. You know, I don't know. I didn't watch that either, but I can pretty much tell that's not going to be good. And then what was that other one? What's that, what's that one with the, the funny head? Simpsons, yeah. Oh, you just know that's, that's not putting in our kids, you know, hallelujah. And so when you can't, when they're not under your authority, you're going to have trouble protecting them. Amen. Children obey, 6-1, children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. There's a promise attached to honor. And that honor is, uh, uh, is, is what's in your heart. It's not being rebellious. You know, a kid can do what you say, obey, but be rebelling against you on the inside. You ever had one of yours do that where it's like you knew they just, you know, Kind of like that kid in church that said, well, I'm, I'm standing, sitting down on the outside, but I'm standing up on the inside. Boy, I tell you, I've seen that. Uh, and that it may be well with you. What's the promise? That it may be well with you. That it may be well with you. In other words, that you may be healthy, not sick. Hallelujah. Healthy, not sick, protected. under Walking in protection, divine protection. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that you may live long on the earth. Living long on the earth. Living long on the earth and having health and being protected. And you know, this honor thy father and mother even goes for us. I'm like, I can't afford not to honor my parents, even at this age. Even at 53 and my dad is 77 in a few days. Hallelujah. Because there's a promise attached to honoring him. Amen? Now, I don't have to obey him anymore. But honoring would mean I'd listen anyway. You know, hallelujah. I might have to obey God instead of him if he didn't have the mind of God in that. But hallelujah. So, it's attitude. It's all heart. It's all in the heart. Amen? It's the heart. And so, qualifying... For who can you pray the prayer of faith for? Who can you use your faith for? So anyone under your authority. Now in the pastor sense, there is a spiritual authority. When you join a church, and people join in different ways. Some people join and they don't ever have any attention of pastor really being their pastor. In the sense of spiritual authority. They don't have any intention. They just want to, you know, they just want to come to church. They said go to membership class, so I went, you know. And, and, and so... But there is a place that you can come as far as I'm submitted to pastor that he can use his faith for you. 
And, you know, that would entail that you don't rebel against the word that's preached here. You know, if you're rebelling against the word, then you aren't really under the authority. And therefore, you don't have any... The pastor's prayers will not be as effective in that person's life. And you want them to be. I mean, I think about the man uh, that was working on the oil rig or whatever in Brother Hagin's church and fell off of it and was in a coma in the hospital. And Brother Hagin is there all night. And, brother, and see, when you get in a coma, you're going to have to have somebody that can use their faith because if somebody ain't going to use their faith, because it takes faith. God doesn't just say, well, you know, they're in a coma, so it'll be okay. We just won't have faith this time. No, somebody better be using their faith. Amen, if you're in a coma. And that's one time when somebody else can use their faith for you. And so uh, he's in this coma, and they don't give him any hope to live. And God, uh, Brother Hagin's in the waiting room all night praying in tongues. And, uh, and he's, Brother Hagin starts pleading this man's case. And not just this man's case, but Brother Hagin starts pleading his own case with God. And he says, God, I need this man. I need this man. This man helps me at the church. This man helps me. This man's a tither. And, and, and you know, we need that help. And uh, he said, and this man is the best Sunday school director I ever had. And Lord, I know that if I need this man, you need this man. And he starts pleading this case with God. Well, this guy comes out of the coma. Even though there's no hope for him. Amen. But you can just see what being under the pastor's authority and being a benefit to the church. Hallelujah. And if you're really under the authority of the pastor, you are going to be a benefit. Amen. Amen. And that, that, that would make a difference. And I know I want somebody pleading my case. Hallelujah. I hope pastor doesn't say, send her on, Lord. <laughs> Don't y'all hope so? And that would be another case where wives, you, your husband has an authority. But I've seen some wives, I'm not in here, thank God. But I've seen some wives when I was like, boy, they don't even... They don't honor their husband. They don't even... Uh, if you don't know that, just go to the beauty shop and listen. And they'll talk about them every which way, but... Amen. And you know, in truth, I, they probably do deserve it. Not to be mean to men or nothing. But, I don't care how much they deserve it. That shouldn't be what you're talking about, should it? Amen. So, so that's being under authority. <clears throat> Now, people that aren't under your authority, you can use your faith with them. Get in faith with them. Amen? And so we'll go on from there. So this centurion, he was humble. It says that he came beseeching Jesus. Uh, and you know, this guy was, had a very high position in government. He, was a very, he, was, he had a high position. And uh, he, said, he came to Jesus and he said, you know, remember he says, I'm not worthy. He didn't think he should have special treatment. A lot of times people that are in high positions think they should have special treatment. You know what I'm saying? But he didn't think like that. Um, and so here he... Um, uh, let me get over back to Matthew chapter 8. I'm one page off. <clears throat> and so the centurion says, I'm not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, 8-8, eight, eight, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. The ser I'm not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof. Now, folks, 
this was good that he said that, but it's not good for us to say it. Lord, I'm not worthy. We can be humble without telling the Lord we're not worthy because now we aren't worthy in our own self, but Jesus made us worthy. And when we tell Jesus that we aren't worthy, then we're saying, your blood, it didn't do it. I'm still a worm. You're, you know, the, the price of redemption, that wasn't enough. I'm still nothing. No, we don't have to tell God we're not worthy, and we shouldn't tell God we're not worthy now under the new birth. Okay? But it was right for him to say it. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So I wanted you to see that difference there. Uh, so this guy, he came and he said, speak the word only. Now that is important to us. That's where all of us are supposed to be. At the speak the word only stage. At the, okay, 1 Peter 2.24, that's enough to me for me. That's it. Don't need nothing else. Don't need a confirmation. Don't need anything else. Don't need the doctor to say I'm healed. I want to tell you something. Now, if you need the doctor to say it, you really aren't, you're not going to get it because that's not faith, that's unbelief. If you need the doctor to confirm it, and if you're waiting for the doctor to confirm it, you're not in faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. If you're waiting for a manifestation to know it, Amen? That's not faith. And we all would prefer the manifestation. Right? Wouldn't we prefer it? But that's not what we need. We just need the Word only. All I need is the Word only. You know, well, if Jesus would just appear to me. Or if the prophet would prophesy to me. I want to tell you, the prophet prophesying to you is way, 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 way lower than this. This word right here. Way lower than 1 Peter 2.24 which says, By his stripes ye were healed. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. This thing is sure, eternal, never passing away. He can't miss it. Of course, if the prophet says you're healed, well, it is in agreement with that. But if you need that, you, you don't need it. Just say, I don't need that. We sing a song around here called, The Word is Enough. Somebody over in Birmingham wrote that in that church. The word is enough. I don't need anything else. The word is enough. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now that don't mean we don't get hands laid on us because we know when our confession and belief in the word meets that Zoe life that's transmittable, there's an ex there's a explosion. There's a connection. There's it, it, that's when it happens. Amen. So it's important for us to take the Word and the Spirit. It's important for us to get the Word and the Spirit going together. Hallelujah. Amen. <clears throat> so uh, Jesus said, and Jesus said, I will come and heal him. Je it's important that we know this. Jesus never said, I won't. If he, if, he, if he was saying, I won't, to some people today, then he would have said, I won't, to at least one person in the Bible. We would have had an example of Jesus saying, I won't. But he never said that. The centurion said, speak the word only. And he said, because I'm a man under authority. In other words, I know how authority works. And I know, Jesus, that you have authority over sickness and disease. See, look at his faith, what he's saying. I'm a man under authority. I understand how authority works. Jesus, you just speak the word only. 
Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This man had an understanding. He was out beyond where he was as far as the new birth and redemption. We've been given authority over sickness and disease. Hallelujah. We need to understand authority. If this man was not born again and he understood authority and how authority works, we need to understand authority and how authority works. You have authority in Jesus Christ. You have authority in your home. Amen. In verse 10 it says Jesus marveled. In other words, one version says he was shocked. Jesus was shocked. This shocked Jesus. Jesus marveled and said, wow, I have not found so great faith in all of Israel. And what was so great about his faith? Speak the word only. His speak the word only. Wow. Hallelujah. That's great faith. Jesus says that's great uh, faith. Verse 13 it says, And Jesus said unto the centurion, Go thy way, and as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. That is a very, you need to put little markers around that. There are so many nuggets of, of spiritual wisdom and revelation in just Matthew chapter 8 and healing principles, and that's one of them right there. Uh, Go thy way, and as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. Did you know, you know what's going to happen to you? I can tell you what's going to happen to you. It's going to be just exactly what you believe. That is what's going to happen to you. See, sometimes we think, well, no, that's not what's because, because you know, it's kind of like the lottery. I might just win the big one from God. No, you're not going to win the big one from God. Everything you're going to have is just what you believe. Everything you're going to have is just what you believed, just like here. So that's why it's so important. So if you're not believing anything, if you're just kind of in neutral and you're just kind of drifting through life and you're just kind of going to work and coming home, nothing's going to change, folks, because you're going to have whatever you believe. Hallelujah. And whatever you're really believing. And sometimes we say, oh, I'm believing for a million dollars, but really we hadn't got our faith around that completely. We're trying to believe for a million, but you have to increase to inherit Let's try believing for 10 first. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then we'll move up to 25, and then we'll go to 100, and then we'll, you know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, yeah, a million. Well, no, how about believing somebody will walk up and hand you 10? Mark Brzee said he started with a pair of socks when he was at Ramah. He decided, I can believe for that, and so I'm going to believe that somebody will just give me a new pair of socks. And I think it took something like six months for him to believe that new pair of socks in. But now, he's got Bible schools all over the world. And airplanes. And hallelujah. But you start, and whatever you believe, that's what you're going to have. And sometimes we, start, we try to start way up there, and we just kind of defeat ourselves. Because, you know, I know uh, Keith Moore said, when he first, you know, he was, I don't remember if God spoke to him or what, but there was something about a jet and believing for a jet, and he just knew, he could feel in his spirit that he couldn't get that airplane inside of him. And he said, you know, I had it about halfway in, but about half of it was still sticking out. <laughs> and, you know, he said, I'd go sit in them and look at them and rub on them and, you know, pray, and finally, you know, it'd be a little further in, and finally there was just the tail sticking out. And, you know, he had to, 
until he could get that whole thing inside of his spirit. It's like, oh, you know, I'm just believing for a Cadillac. Well, yeah, but can you make your house payment? Can you believe that? You know? And you know what? You can overload your faith. I was thinking about this yesterday. I was thinking about people getting their faith overloaded. Brother Hagen, I know one time Miss Retha in the parsonage, she said, she said, uh, honey or sweetheart, I don't know what she said, we need some new drapes. And he said, he said, well, now you can believe for anything you want to. He said, but I'll just tell you, it, my faith has got all on it that it can take right now. And if I put one more thing on it, it's just going to. You know what I'm saying? And so I was thinking about that yesterday, how sometimes people have everything on their faith they can put on it. And that's why it's good to have husbands and wives because you can take some of it. Amen? And there's been things that I just believed in. And I didn't even ask pastor to help me. And then there's been things that he, you know, praise God, it's great to have a team. Hallelujah. And then there's been things we believed in together. And you know, as long as your husband's not in disagreement with it. Now you, you're going to have trouble getting your faith if your husband's disagreeing with it. Amen? Like Michael's mom wanted a new sofa, but uh-uh, he don't want one. He don't want one. He likes that one. It's comfortable. Amen? Bless God, we ain't getting a new sofa. Hallelujah. So you got to go to the throne of God and get God to change his mind and get him on your side if you're believing for something and he can't. And he's, it's just too big for him right then. He's just believing to, you know, get the bills paid or whatever. Okay, so y'all are with me on that? Y'all understand what we're saying? So it's going to turn out for you just like you believe. That's what the cotton patch said. It will turn out for you just as you believed it would. You know what? It's going to happen to you just like you believed. Just like you believed. That's what, how it's going to work out. Just, and that's good news, really. Just like you believed. Hallelujah. Are y'all believing for something? Amen. Well, it's going to be just like you believed. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, let's stand up and just praise him for a few minutes. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord.